many step into the ring, but only one can come out alive. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Justin Grosvenor, and welcome to In This Corner. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to In This Corner, the show where me and a couple of my buddies get together and discuss the best of the best. And today, we are looking at the best that the Nintendo GameCube had to offer. Now, my name is Justin Grosvenor, and with me, I got a couple of my friends. I'm going to allow them to introduce themselves. Go ahead. Thanks for having me back, Justin. Once again, I am William Sayre, old friend of Justin's, and uh, got to say, loved being involved in the last podcast, and I'm thrilled to be back. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, I am Daniel Sayre. I am... The younger brother of William. Um, I can't help but notice that you said friends. Did you? Did you just completely negate Nathan? Like he's a friend. He's <laughs> a he friend. not technically family. He technically is. How dare you? Whatever. Whatever. It's everyone, my podcast. Every, I can do what I want. Everyone agrees <laughs> that there is a slight difference between family and friends. Hopefully, they 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 go together, but not with everyone. <laughs> you were born within one minute <laughs> of each other. <laughs> Whatever, man. Go ahead. I'm Nathan Grosvenor. Apparently, I'm Justin's friend, and not his family. Man. <laughs> <laughs> so you I'm not sure. To, you were allowed to call your siblings friends. It's not. It's wrong. Honestly, I'm not sure why I'm here. He just said, hey, I need you for 20 minutes, so I'm, yeah, that's why I'm here. Yeah, it's probably going to be a little bit longer minutes. than 20 minutes. You know you're trapped. You know? Yeah, oh, I know. you poor fool. <laughs> awesome, guys. Well, thank you for coming back. Uh, and today, as I said, we're discussing the Nintendo GameCube. Last episode, we discussed the Nintendo 64, and we concluded that the best game for that system was Super Mario 64. And... Now we're looking at the next home console for Nintendo. I want to talk a little bit about the system itself. It was released by Nintendo in Japan and North America in 2001. It was uh, the first Nintendo console to use discs uh, ever. All the other games had used cartridges of some kind. This was the first game to introduce discs to hold the games in them. Uh, It had a lifespan from 2001 to 2007 with... More than 600 games made in all, which is astounding to me. In the first uh, three days of its launch, between 280, 100,000, and 300,000 systems were sold. And it started several franchises. uh, And in February of 2007, it was announced that it would no longer be... It was discontinued because of the launch of the next system, which was the Nintendo Wii. So that's a little about a little bit about the system itself, and I'm gonna toss it to you guys and just ask you: Is there a game that you played on the GameCube that you want to talk about at some point during this episode? I would point out one thing. I, I I don't know if the GameCube was the first. I think the PlayStation was actually the first system to use a disc. Uh, uh, yes, it was the first Nintendo system. I'm oh, sorry okay, if okay. if I was unclear about that. No, but... I, I I I remember uh, I had a I had a, a, a course that actually dealt with that random course sorry it was just but it was what one of those of, things that's an awesome course to take yeah, that sounds well, pretty it, actually, great. it had nothing to do with the gaming systems and everything to do with uh uh it wasn't a, actually it wasn't my course it was daniel's and the book was the innovators oh yeah that was a really great course fantastic <laughs> book daniel recommended it i the, totally forgot it was about the first, that first school book i read after finishing college where i was like oh i thoroughly enjoyed this anyway 
That was a tangent, though. I just, <laughs> just wanted to set the record. No problem, straight. no problem. Hey, if the viewer wants to listen, uh, read it, it is a fantastic book. Yes, so it is. Shameless would... plug, we are not being sponsored here. Yeah, no, it is just a good Trust me, no email has been sent to me. I would love someone to sponsor us. I could use money, but not, that's neither here nor there. But <laughs> is there is there a game that you guys want to talk about th- uh, during this episode? Sometime? Um. I would like to talk about uh, Prince of Persia: The Sands of Time. That's I've never played that one honestly, yeah. but I've I've seen gameplay of it, and it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, it, so, it is really fun. It is. It, it's one of I don't know if it's the original, but it's one of the original like, uh, like three D puzzle games essentially, combat puzzle. So Assassin's Creed, I feel like, made famous the concept of a. Jumping between buildings and such, and making like ha- like having that puzzle element where certain areas you had to carefully crawl along walls and leap from large distances mm-hmm. to get through. Uh, Prince of Persia, I believe, did it first before anyone That's else. That's impressive. Did. And yeah, and it. Yeah. I haven't played through the game all the way. I actually own it. I uh, got it a couple of years ago, um, along with a couple other games. It was part of a, a bundle I found on Facebook Marketplace, actually. <laughs> nice and. It's the, the the camera at work, which is it's kind of typical for anything older to have a little bit of tricky camera work. Mm-hmm. They were still getting used to the 3D environments, yeah. and especially yeah. with like trying to figure out how to uh, how to moderate the the camera being controlled by the player while also having an auto adjust for certain puzzle angles, so that you can see. Okay, I'm jumping from this ledge yeah. to this ledge. I need to be able to see. Uh, but it was a it was a fun game. It had um, it had some good combat. I love I love the puzzle aspects of mm-hmm. it. I feel like these days they get a little too complex. Although that <laughs> might just be because I am a stupid, filthy oh. casual. I was gonna say, but fine, you lay it out there for me. Sorry, oh, sorry. goodness but me. It, but yeah. if if <laughs> if Prince and per- Prince of Persia: Sands of Time really was the first. Uh, to do stuff like that, like you said, that could that would inspire Assassin's Creed later on. Yes. Mm-hmm. But also that would like inspire other like well known game franchises like Uncharted. Yeah. Uh, which is Another an excellent yeah. which is an excellent yeah. like adventure uh, puzzle, puzzle game yeah. mm-hmm. that I personally really, really enjoy. And uh, oh, yeah. the newer Laura Cross as well, actually. Tomb Raider. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, so uh, the old ones, I don't believe, had like the grappling and Oh, uh, well, climbing. okay. I forgot about Tomb Raider. Well, here's the thing, though. I believe the other ones were more about just jumping and rather than uh, there were more platformers than like crawling on top of your uh, uh, environment, pretty much. So... I'm not sure. I'd have to look into it, and I—I I, I mean, I wouldn't want to—I wouldn't want anyone to think that I was giving credit where it wasn't due. I think that it's one of the earlier ones, and I don't know when the first Tomb Raider came out. Although it clearly came out before Assassin's yes. Creed, because the Assassin's Creed graphics are a lot better than triangles. Yes. I mean, have you seen those polygons? Yes, yes, oh, my word. like <laughs> astounding and amazing, and I like like. Love doesn't isn't a big enough word for it. Moving no. on. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Any any other games off the top of your head that you really enjoyed on this system? Definitely uh, the Lord of the Rings. They had the, they had the trilogy for GameCube, and it was I a little history for my for me. I 
like being part of a large family, my two older brothers, whenever we had a multiplayer game that they needed extra, like they wanted someone else there, I was their co-op guy. It did not mm-hmm. matter whether I liked the game or was good at it even. I was just like, okay, William, you're going to be the second ga- secondary. <laughs> hey, what do I do? Just mash this button as fast as you can. Little Bring brother much. multiplayer. Yep. Which is a thing. It's an actual yeah, thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. So, and Lord of the Rings was one of the firsts for me for for that because it had it had a single player campaign where and and it literally was you go through the entire trilogy and yeah, you wow. play through major battles. Yeah. And That's like every Lord of the Rings fan dream. Yeah. So oh, it's, imagine it's awesome. imagine and, like Lego Lord of the Rings except not Lego. <laughs> <Pretty much. laughs> all right, that's right. exactly what it is. But you could choose which character you were. You could go as Legolas. You could go as Gimli, as uh, as Aragorn, as Gandalf. And that's amazing. Yeah, it was yeah. a lot of fun. And e- each character had a. I don't know if you could play as the Hobbits. Um, oh, uh, you while. could. You can play as the Hobbits, but only on specific missions, like when you're encountering Shelob right. for the first time. I remember time, fighting or... Shelob. Um, that's the only reason why I know you can play the Hobbits because I remember watching you and Ben and Luke play as I think that was only a two player section that like, was the one part where they had me play the main character because no one wanted to be yeah. Frodo <laughs> yeah everyone wanted to be Sam yeah of course of course no but but each, so each character had a ranged option like Gandalf could shoot things with his like with his staff uh, Gimli threw axes Ar- uh, sorry yeah yeah Aragorn Legolas. and Legolas yeah. both had a bow and so and it was a combo it was a combo game so and you would unlock combos the further you got so you could actually level things up to get stronger combos well well, I've never played Lord of the Rings trilogy on the GameCube one game that I played on the GameCube that sounds similar was The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yeah. 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 Which I really thoroughly enjoyed. It it (laughs) thrusts you into the story. You can play as several of the main characters. And there are combos that you can unlock. I think um, it's right along the same lines. Just to be clear, not to be mistaken with the sequel, which is Prince Caspian, which sucked. Did it? <laughs> uh, yeah. Was, was that on the Wii? No, we had that on the Xbox. We had that on the yeah, Xbox. Yeah, that okay. one stunk. I hated that so much. That's upsetting, actually. I know, it's so upsetting, because I remember having so much fun with the first one. The language in the wardrobe was <laughs> a lot of fun. Like I said, there were combos. Like, there were, like, and as you said, you progress, you get better. Mm-hmm. Because I remember, like, there was one combo that, when you started, only killed, like, a... Like a goblin or something like that. Yeah. But yeah. as you leveled it up, that same combo, you would add like another move to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly you can kill a minotaur, which was mm-hmm. which were some of the most annoying enemies in the game. <laughs> and being able to one shot them was it felt so rewarding. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. if that is along the same lines as uh the Lord of the Rings trilogy, yeah. then I do under like I can I understand both why you would of, like those. Both are a lot of fun. Hmm. For sure, for sure. Now, when we were talking about the Nintendo 64, what we started off with was multiplayer games. Mm-hmm. Because that's that's one thing Nintendo yeah. has always been like the like the uh, gaming fran- yeah. like franchise company like to go to. In-house games where you just play with your friends. Pretty yeah, much. they were so good at multiplayer. And the GameCube had some really good multiplayer games. Mm-hmm. One of which is one of my personal favorites, 
Mario Kart Double Dash. Yes. yes. It's easily, easily the best Mario Kart it's out of It's so all good. Of them. And it's a little funny to talk about how good this game is when in the last episode we kind of like pushed Mario Kart 64 to the side very quickly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but because that game just had like the controls are wonky, it's difficult to understand what's yeah. going on sometimes. But this one really improved mm. the Mario Kart franchise. And it's one of my personal favorite GameCube games. I mean, it's one of my personal favorite games of all time, actually. Like, yeah. it's so much fun. And you said it, like, you said this is you said this is the best Mario Kart for you. Oh, by far. It's so good. That a lot of people say that. And this game came out in 2003, mm-hmm. 17 years ago, and yet people still return to it. Now, mm-hmm. there's one thing in Double Dash that you guys know, but I'll let you guys talk about it a little bit, that's different than all the other Mario Karts, yep. and what is that? You can have so. two people riding at the same time <laughs> in the, in the same, same cart. cart. I mean, it's okay. so good. I, if, if Lord of the Rings was one of my earlier introductions to co-op play, playing, this was the original. Oh, yeah. Because it was just, like I was always in the backseat. So the way that would work for anyone who, for, for the listeners who don't know about this, the typical Mario Kart game, you're sitting in your own cart, you're cruising around the track, you, and, and it's, it's just you versus everyone. Mario Kart Double Dash had two-person carts, mm-hmm. and you could do four pl- traditional four-player, where you'd actually go through, you'd select two different units, and that made that was specifically that that had a special thing to it in its in itself. You could select two units, and you'd select a cart, and you'd go. Or you could do teams, and one person would be driving while one person sat in the back as your gunner. Mm-hmm. And it was the best. I mean, okay, so when you go to drift, instead of you, of the driver just doing the whole thing, the driver would would initiate the drift. The gunner was the one who pulled their stick back and forth to to make it so you get a boost out of it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then it, the other thing, go ahead. We mentioned uh, Little Brother multiplayer. Yeah, I think this was the epitome of oh, Little yeah. Brother multiplayer. This is exactly what it because was. the the older brother would be the one driving, the one doing yep a, what. Money would say is the hardest job, mm-hmm. but the little brother would still be on the back using all the items, yep. yeah. making sure the drifts were good, punching all the yeah. cars yeah. away from you because that's <laughs> yeah. something you could do. That was unique to that game, or, I think, to be able to the ability to punch people coming by and steal yeah. their items. And the, that was that was perfect for the little brother. It uh-huh. was it wasn't so easy that it was boring. And it it was challenging enough for some for anyone to get into. And when you work together as a team, mm-hmm. you just felt oh. so much more rewarded at yeah. the end. Yeah. yeah. And I absolutely love it. I yeah. don't understand why Mario Kart hasn't brought that idea of having two yeah. players in the cart back. See, yeah. one thing that you, we haven't mentioned yet is the fact that you can switch seats while you're driving. Yep. That is true. Mm-hmm. So if you if the person who's gunning has two items. He can then switch seats and then be, uh, become the driver, and then the person who who was driving becomes the gunner, and then and then can grab two more, two more items. items. Yeah, one of which the, is one of the coolest memories I have of playing the game was when like I believe I was on a team with either Nathan or maybe it was my other brother Zach, and we had uh, I had a green shell and I was driving, and he had a banana or something, and. We were driving, he dropped the banana, and then someone pulled right ahead of us, and I, I yelled, essentially, switch! And we switched sides, and I instantly threw the green shell and hit him. And it was just so cool. So mm-hmm. rewarding. It's such a cool game to play together. Yeah. 
and no other Mario Kart has that. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. there are, I believe, ten teams. You can you can mix and match uh, your characters, but there are ten teams, and that included Mario and Luigi were a team, and they yep. and uh, Peach and Daisy were a team, uh, Baby Mario and Baby Luigi were a team, and not only. Uh, did they have their own cars, which was really, really cool. They yeah. had their own carts. Yeah. They also had their own unique character items. Yeah. Which is what I was talking which... about earlier, yeah. Like, each... each, ca- And you could set up some interesting combos if you didn't want to do... Like, if you wanted to go uh, Bowser and Mario, you could, like, you could combine... You never knew what items you were going to get, but mm-hmm. you could get access to both of their specialty mm-hmm. items. Yes. Yeah. Made for some I've, great I stuff. I think my favorite combo, um, other than just straight up Bowser and Baby Bowser, would be Bowser and uh, the Red Koopa. Yeah. Because then you get, you get Bowser shells and Red shells. Yes. And like, you, always go, you always go with Paratroopa. Mm-hmm. Over Koopa. Oh, of course. <laughs> because of course, yeah. Oh, yeah. Koopa has the green shells that are hard to hit people with. Green shells are like... They've got their uses, but... Yeah. Red but... shells are just better. They're, there's yeah, there's they're, not they're much to better. it. They're better. They're like the like, white bread of the of, of the items. It's just yeah. like the basic... Yeah, you'll the eat basic, it, there's, but... There's, there's, there's nothing there. You want mm-hmm. some variety there. You'll eat it with something, but you won't really just eat it by yourself unless you're really okay, crazy. Okay, don't get too far into the But they had their own unique items. I think my, one of my favorites was uh, Baby Mario and Baby Luigi... Who had the giant a, chain a chain literal chain chop? <laughs> that was the most overpowered so cool. oh. personal weapon because you were, you could be in so second dumb. place, and if you get that, you win instantly because so you just stupid. go so fast. I mean, I feel like they replaced it with the bullet bill in yeah. later games, yeah. but even then, you only get the bullet bill if, if you're, you're in, like last, in place, last place or maybe like eleventh. I yep. believe it's like tenth through twelfth. That something like that in the in the yeah. lower side of it. It's in like the lower three or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I appreciated the fact that you couldn't just hold on to it indefinitely. If it actually had some, there was some strategy there where yeah. if you held on to it for too long, it like flipped you over. If you mm-hmm. uh, if you tried to hold yeah. on to it for too long a period of time. Yeah, but that, it, that was something that it was a really cool mechanic that you. I think that if I'm not mistaken, that was the only item that was like that, right? You bo- in that game. In that so. game, yes. Yeah. So like, I mean, the golden mushroom. Yeah. With Toad and, and Toad, uh, Toadette. Yeah. But that is that was in Mario sixty four, Mario Kart sixty four. Yeah. Uh, and it was useful and it was good, but the chain jump, like, not only could you go super fast, you could also damage other cars. Yeah. Yep. And mm-hmm. that was that was the was real terrifying. Like, draw. Like, you just, like, look back and seeing this giant ball with teeth and two eyes chomp, chomp, like, coming straight at you. It was amazing. You feared for your life. Like, <laughs> especially depending on the map, I was oh. I was playing earlier today, and I was playing, uh, oh, what's that small, it's literally just this tiny little circle. Oh, oh I was like, going to uh, say, some of the tracks park. in those are so park, right? yeah. iconic, yeah. Baby Park being yeah. one of them. And oh, there was a chain chomp that showed up, and okay... In other maps, it's like, okay, it passes you, you're done. In Baby Park, it could pass you twice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you panic a little. A little part of you just, like, flutters. (laughs) "Ah, It's coming. Baby Park is... I I think Baby Park has been in every single Mario Kart since Double Dash. Except for maybe Wii. I think it wasn't in Wii. Yeah, it wasn't in the Wii. But But I, I think the worst item by far, as far as, like, 
being afraid for your life was Bowser shell. The Bowser shell. <laughs> yeah. Because it's so small when it's in your hand, but as soon as you use it and release it, it grows it the size grows. of a building. <laughs> yeah. And the fact, specifically on Baby Park, you could ricochet it off the walls and it would just like stay on the map for like, what? Like, you have no ricochet, idea. Like, you have five no times control. Or that... six times before it finally The first mm-hmm. shot, you actually know which direction it's going. After well, that, it's anyone's it's, yeah, it's, guess yeah. as to who's going to get nailed by yeah, it. Yeah, you just pray that it's not you. <laughs> and there's a good chance you're going to get hit by it more than once because it'll hit you, bounce off a wall, and then hit you again. Yeah. Just... And you could launch it over the divide in the middle. Yep. Yeah. That yeah. was... Oh, I remember... I was playing like, with tactical nuke incoming. <laughs> yeah, I remember playing with. I think it was like either, I think it was either Luke or William. Actually, we were playing at my cousin's house, and that was the, the only time we ever had, uh, at least I ever had a exposure to a GameCube other than here. Um, we, we were playing Baby Park. Uh, we were Bowser and Baby Bowser. We were in the Bowser mobile. I just want not not to be the um actually guy, but his um, name was Bowser Junior. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We always called him Baby Bowser. I know we did. <laughs> I still um, do sometimes. Yeah. I really, uh, and then I think it was was that our cousin Tim or is that I think it was Ben and our cousin Tim I were think in it first was ben place. And, Tim. and they were pretty. They were really good. So what we ended up doing is. Luke started drifting, and I threw the Bowser mo- Bowser shell over the divide, hit them, it ricocheted off the wall, hit them again, and we passed them and beat them. That's amazing. <laughs> it hit them oh. twice right in front of the finish line. It That's so great. That's one of the greatest things about Mario Kart, because oh. <laughs> like there are some people who are just good at racing games. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's so unpredictable. Yeah, but yeah, Mario Kart is so unpredictable, and any item you get, could change the entire race. Oh yeah. For if for some people you get in the newer Mario cards, for example, you get the bullet bill and you go speeding ahead. Yep. Yep. But there are other times where you'll be in, like in the middle and you want to get like a mushroom to like take a speed boost and you get a banana. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is dude. the most annoying. It's like getting a magic carp in a Smash game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> actually, no, no, not magic carp. I'm sorry, Goldeen. Oh yes. yeah. Goldeen. Goldeen, Goldeen. Uh, but Mario Kart is such a it's such a fun game to play, especially because anyone can get into it and anyone yeah. can yeah. win in the end. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Double Dash also had, like, as I mentioned, some great tracks. We talked about Baby Park. Did you ever play Baby Park All Bomb Moms? No. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, yeah, wait. I think so. I did play that. The that only that is, item is oh, Bomb Moms. so much fun, It, it is so much fun. It sounds oh, disgusting. My. I remember actually playing that. With, I'm trying to remember who I played that with. Oh, that sounds awful! And it's, why would you do you this to yourself? You could stack like five bombs, so you like both. You know, you have two characters, and you get like ten bombs, and then all of a sudden, it's just you just start shotgunning them, and yeah. it's just crazy. And usually, Wario and Waluigi. You're are talking the about a tactical move. Oh yeah. my goodness! Yeah. yeah. And, uh, by the way, I also not to get sidetracked from the tracks themselves, but I love the Wario car. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone who doesn't that, know, that, that purple thing. Yeah, it was right? it, it was designed after so I believe bad. like like wasn't it designed after like a Cadillac or something I like think that? So. I think so. But it it's such a <laughs> Wario car. Yeah, <laughs> it, it just is. makes sense. But not to get hung up on that, it had some great tracks, including uh, as we said, Baby Park. Mushroom Bridge was one of my favorites, where you can actually go up on the sides of the bridge. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Daisy Cruiser was yeah. a really fun oh, one that came that from that. That was so much fun. DK Mountain, where you get I on that volcano. I think my top three are Baby Park, Daisy Cruiser, and DK Mountain. 
Well, there's another one that's a lot of fun. Maybe it's not your favorite, but I love it, and that's Peach Beach. Oh, yeah. Peach Beach <laughs> is classic. Very good. Yeah, that's a classic. I, I will say, Luke and I, uh, my older brother Luke and I, when we double-teamed it, we got really good at knowing how to use Bowser shells on Rainbow Road. Oh, yeah. And it was one of those oh, things. Yeah. I, I argue that, that the Double Dash Rainbow Road is not only one of the best Rainbow Roads, I think Rainbow Roads in general have gone downhill since oh, yeah. the GameCube, the I, Double I, Dash I agree one. With that. Except for maybe, I do kind of like the one on the Wii. The but... Wii's okay. I think it's very, it's so similar that to the GameCube uh, Double Dash that it's really, like, not really different. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. other than, like, visual changes, the track doesn't change much, and how you drive the track does not change. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, Rainbow Road is a, it's a staple of the Mario Kart series. Every oh, yeah. Mario Kart has oh, yeah. it, yeah. Yeah. and it's notorious for being one of the most difficult maps to play on. Yeah. Yep. And for Double Dash, it's the same. It's difficult, but it's so much fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love Rainbow Road. The sense Road. of pride and accomplishment when you finish it, or when you, like, William said, like, take a Bowser shell and ricochet it perfectly <laughs> off of a railing straight into, like, three people. It's so just, like, oh, Well, there's yes. that one <laughs> elevator that you hit where you just go up and then you drop onto this, like, ripply... There's, like, th- this ripply section of road. Yeah. And I would... We would get a Bowser shell, and I would hold it till that part, because yep. then you would just plaster people out of the way, and you just cruise past. It was glorious. Yeah, because you all came out the same spot, and you always come out, like, right in the middle. So there's no way you can dodge that in time. You just get nailed, and it's so Plus, great. it's as big as the track, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you get to the other end of it and send uh, it backwards, and everyone oh, behind you is it, like, it, no! It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that one... That definitely sucks when that happens to you. <laughs> but yeah, Double Dash, what a fantastic game, especially mm. when you have a, a couple of friends to play. It's, mm-hmm. it's one of the greatest, yeah. not only games for the GameCube, I think multiplayer games ever. Yeah. I feel like along the lines of racing games in general, if, you, if you're going to talk about the GameCube and racing games, you got to bring up uh, Need for Speed. Oh, okay, yeah. Because uh, I... I it, Need for Speed was a fairly iconic game at the time. Uh, you had Grand Theft Auto coming out, and I, and you had Need for Speed. And Need for Speed was, I will say, it was a very fun game. Um, I'll say my, my parents didn't approve of it 100%, <laughs> which is hilarious in comparison with Grand Theft Auto yeah, now. Grand Theft Auto simply is, because yeah. in Need for Speed, you, they have you run from the police. <laughs> yeah, and, and, that, right, and, right. and that was one of those things that my parents were like they, they didn't I wouldn't say they just approved of it but they weren't fan yeah mm-hmm. and so there yeah. was that aspect of it but I, I thought that Need for Speed in general was I think a good game I thought it was a fun one the the concept of like rate like street you, you actually got to street race and mm-hmm. you're avoiding the police and dodging traffic was cool I remember it being a really big thing like, yeah. I remember like a lot of people like really hyped for it I played it a little bit I, and I remember really enjoying it. It was one of those uh, franchises that like like seemed like it was going to be yeah. a huge deal. Mm-hmm. So you got to keep in mind, this was released when Fast and Furious was like in full swing. So I believe the first one, Fast and Furious, was released in like 2001. Second one was 2003, and third was one was in 2005. It was Tokyo Drift? Something mm-hmm. like I don't that. Know. I don't know so, the order. I I've not seen all of them. I haven't seen all of them either, but. You gotta keep in mind, this is like going full swing. So, video games where you're either doing street racing, outrunning police, like, G- like stuff like GTA Five. That was like super. Yeah, popular. you felt like you were a part of Dom's crew. Yeah, you felt mm-hmm. like rebellious. I guess. Yeah. Like it. It. 
I can't explain it because I've never had that feeling and I don't want to have that feeling. <laughs> but it, it was super like, I, I think it's really weird how it was so popular. Yeah. Um, but I understand why it was popular because, I mean, it is kind of cool to be like weeding through traffic and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. then outrunning the police is, yeah. I mean, a little. It was a cool game and it was an interesting franchise. But Daniel, you, you commented at one point that it it kind of rose and fell with the GameCube. Yeah. I don't think... They tried I mean, to make a movie off of it, and I don't think it yeah, did very the well. the movie... I watched most of the movie. Was that the one with Ryan Gosling and the toothpick? I, no, I honestly, no, that's a different one. That one actually is really... I've heard has some of the best like racing scenes in okay. films. Um, I don't want to like dive too yeah, deep I into a Ryan Gosling movie. I have no idea what yeah. you're talking about. Um, I, I know exactly what he's talking about, because there's one specific... I think it's like a meme or meme template where he just like has a toothpick in his mouth and looks at the camera. Or something like that. Um, but yeah, so the Need for Speed rose and just died. Yeah. Like, so quickly. Like I was saying, like it it looked like it was going to be this big franchise, yeah. but I haven't really heard of a... I've heard of, like, other Need for Speed games coming out after, but I've never heard them, like, being overly hyped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like, I've never, like... Been, like heard of like a panel for need need for speed that they got like yeah. hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people to come in which is a shame because like i said i played the gamecube one a little bit and i really enjoyed it yeah now granted i like double dash more oh, oh, oh for sure oh for yeah. sure because like while need for speed was more realistic and more gritty and you could feel more rebellious i suppose that element of teamwork that came with double dash was yeah. very very iconic and fun yeah and it's just a it's a, an excellent game which i find a little bit funny because as i said earlier when we were talking about the 64 mario kart we talked about how it was a good game at the time but it doesn't really hold up anymore mm-hmm. and it's one of unfortunately one of the weaker mario kart games uh, and that was for the 64 and then for the gamecube they upgraded the mario kart series the opposite <laughs> happened for Another very well-known uh, multiplayer series, Mario Party. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Now I didn't play the Mario Party for GameCube, so there, yeah, give me some background. There on are that. four of them. There's Mario Party four, five, six, and seven, and they. Why don't they just like do like <sighs> expansion packs or something like that? That wasn't a thing back then. No, I mean you could do expansion okay, packs. Okay, that kind of was a thing, but for computer stuff, yeah. more so. Yeah, I guess. Like, like Age of Empires and, yeah, and the Conqueror's yeah. expansion. I guess. Essentially, the, the the Mario Party's on the GameCube. I've heard people talk about that, that say that Mario Party 4 was good, and out of those ones, it's the one I would had the most fun with. Yeah. But for the rest of them, and, and 4, in my opinion, they are not memorable at all. Mm-hmm. Like I would agree. Like, is there no like no unique missions or there's characters? No, like of course the characters are always the same. Mario, yeah, yeah. Luigi, and uh, Peach and those characters. But I don't. I have trouble remembering the boards, the maps mm-hmm. for Mario Party Four through and Seven. And they shifted away from like items you could use into like capsules or something. Yeah, they like the and items. It was different. It was really weird, and it didn't make a whole lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And also like. The mini games I don't remember very well. I can I can name several mini games off the top of my head from the three on the sixty four. Oh, you already did. Yeah, Aces <laughs> High, uh, the Total Titan. Like those are really fun 
and iconic video mini games, uh, video game mini games. I I have trouble remembering any mini game from the GameCube Mario parties. I would like to say that before we keep kind of bashing Mario Party on GameCube. Okay. The person who named all of these games needs to get a raise. <laughs> like what do you mean? Toastal Titan. <laughs> That's such a great name. It was it was a lot of fun too. That's the mini What do you game. do? What is it like how fast you can like clink? No no no. no, 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 no. What no. is it's, this? That's when you are that's the minigame. It's from Mario Party 3. And in okay. that minigame there are several item blocks and you don't know what's in the item blocks. You hit them and out of them comes one mushroom. And mushrooms in the Mario franchise make you grow. Yeah. Exactly. And so after you get this mushroom, you grow and you're in this square room. And you run and stomp on top of all the other characters. <laughs> now, your movement is very limited. Like, you can only charge. You can't, like, move in a yeah, circle. Yeah, yeah. Like, you only point in a direction and you go that direction until mm-hmm. you hit a wall. Mm-hmm. But And you're only big for a short amount of time. Okay. If they can dodge you, they win. And you get another chance to get the mushroom. Everyone gets yeah, another chance to get the like mushroom. There's, like, three different times you can get it. But okay. that that's one of the most memorable mini-games ever. I can't remember off the top of my head one from four, five, six, or seven. I don't understand why my parents didn't like the fact that you're running from police, but they're totally okay with me playing a game where you eat mushrooms (laughs) to grow bigger. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's some big problems. There's some concerns there. I'm uh, okay. (laughs) Hey, there was a cute little dinosaur in that game, so it's okay. Why do you think they saw the dinosaur <laughs> and the talking toadstools? Uh, they were on shrooms, don't, don't, man. Don't question yeah. it too much. But that I bring this in because... He knows too much. <laughs> I bring this up because like we're here to discuss the best of the best for these systems. And yeah. Mario Party is one of my favorite franchises. I have so much fun with those games, especially the 64 ones. And so for more games to come out on the GameCube. They made four for the GameCube and only three for the 64. So there's one more game, Mario Party game, in for the GameCube, and I don't like any of them. Mm. Do you think they made so many because... They weren't well. They had enough time, or they were like, like none of them were well received, so it's like, okay, well, let's try again and make a good one, you know, just try to get a good one out before... I mean, like you said, four was probably the best of them. And, I mean, they're not bad games, but compared to compared to the, the other three, ones, they're not. They're just not good. memorable. Yeah. See, here's what I theorize is, so this was released in what? The GameCube was released in 2003 to 2007, no, 2001, right? I think. It was, was it I have it written down here. The GameCube came out in 2001. 2001 to 2007. I think, when did the first uh, GameCube, uh, I mean, not GameCube, uh, Mario Party get released? I believe... On GameCube. I believe... Maybe I'm wrong about this. I believe 2002. Okay, so my guess is that after they cranked out the first one and it was not super well received... Well, it was actually probably... It was the best received out of all of them because it was, it would, that would be four. Mm-hmm. So they but were even, like, like, even then, they could tell that yeah, the quality it wasn't, began to slowly drop. Exactly. So they were like... They probably thought, okay, let's try another one. They released another one. It wasn't well received. And at this point, they're thinking of, okay, what new console can we crank out as well so let's put mario party on the back burner and work more on the console so they're just like kind of cranking out mario parties at this point not really caring if you enjoy it that much and just more experimenting to see what you don't like so that they can come out with a wii and then make a mario party for the wii that you really like 
Perhaps. That is an entirely possible uh, scenario. But, again, it's a shame that there are four games of Mario Party. <laughs> they all suck. And they all are not yeah. that great. Weirdly enough, other Mario games for the GameCube were slightly more fun. Uh, two games that the Grosvenor household played a lot was Super Mario Strikers mm-hmm. and Mario Superstar Baseball. <laughs> and that sound those sound like completely weird games. In one you play soccer and the other you play, obviously, baseball. What? Impossible. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but they were a lot of fun, especially Strikers. Well... I think it's just because we're we are a really competitive family, you know, mm-hmm. and and Mario Kart, you know, it brings out the competitive in you, but items can change races at any times, and you know, it's never really decided who's gonna win until that last second. Mm-hmm. And with Super Strikers and um, the baseball or baseball, it was a different feeling of competition, yeah. you know. And it was all you, you know. It wasn't random. I mean, there was items, but you could turn them off. Mm-hmm. And it was just you and how good you were at the game. And, you know, I mean, they were fun games, so... And there were cool combos you could do in Strikers. Like, you, there were times when you could... Uh, like pass it this person really quick and then lob it to the next yeah. and they could take a headshot mm-hmm. and it was a lot of fun was In- it was it a good photo was it a good shut up Daniel. i'm sorry <laughs> a little context for those listening though the grosvenor family is traditionally very competitive oh yeah. yes oh yes whether it's basketball baseball football doesn't uh, matter I, I don't know we it could be eating donuts filled with mustard it would be super competitive. Okay, per- first of all, I'm pretty sure that was one of our family members of the deck. Huh? <laughs> oh, that's true. Um, I think that was Hannah. Actually. That was Hannah. Yeah, she hated it. Uh, anyway, oh, moving on from the yeah, yeah, that was one of the worst surprise competitions ever. Uh, but yeah, so and and you guys, you guys played baseball growing up, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, little league well, stuff like that. Why am I asking that? I've seen the pictures on the wall. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, I could I could see where a game like that there would be a very much heightened level of of competitiveness yeah. between like for your family. I never played the game myself, but then again, same. I was never good at baseball. It was one of those things where I just kind of like wrote it off because I wasn't good at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which growing up, I'm like, oh, I do kind of enjoy baseball, but I was never very good at it. Yeah, but it, like I said, like those games, they they did for us. They did scratch that competitive urge. But they were just, like, fun games I think anyone, even if they're not overly competitive, could get into. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. At least more than uh, you can get in the Mario Party, which I really don't like saying because I really like that franchise. Mm. But for... I am glad that, like, the Mario Kart series upgraded mm. compared to the 64 one. Yeah. I wish the Mario Party one did as well. Now, we've talked about one of the greatest multiplayer games on the GameCube, Mario Kart Double Dash. But perhaps the greatest uh, multiplayer game on the GameCube is Super Smash Bros. Melee. Oh, yeah. Mm. Now, we talked about Super Smash Bros. for the 64 a lot, and we praised that game like crazy. Oh, yeah. It's so much fun. It birthed one of, if not the greatest game series of all time, in my opinion. Certainly one of them. Certainly, I would argue the best fighting fr- game oh, franchise one, 100%. of all time. Yes, yeah. Specifically because it's for all 
all ages. It's not for a specific age group. Mm-hmm. But Melee is, I th- I believe, it is the most sold GameCube game ever. Mm-hmm. Unsurprisingly. And, yeah. And it's so much fun. Because it, it took the formula of the original game. Refined it a little bit. Refined it a little bit more. Added more characters. Mm-hmm. Added more stages. Yeah. Added more music. Mm. And oh, just, the music. just ran with it. It took so it, it took the baton from Super Smash Brothers sixty four and ran with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's amazing. It's hard to make a great game better, but that's one hundred percent what they did with Melee. Yeah, one hundred percent. I gotta say, okay, so I mentioned the the remote controls for the for the N sixty four, and I feel like if you're gonna talk about Melee, you gotta bring it up because there is a reason that to this day people still use. And uh, and uh, they still use the GameCube, GameCube remotes to yeah. play Melee. Yep. Or and any so, any, any, Smash. any Smash Bros. Yeah. 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 They've well, made and, GameCube any... controllers for like the Switch. Switch yeah. Specifically for the Smash community. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, so they refined the game to like they refined the game a little bit. They changed the remote control, and then they made this game that is just like you can drop in there and okay. You can be the most inexperienced person. You drop in there as Kirby, and you annoy the snot out of everyone. <laughs> yep. I know because I did it. <laughs> I have experience. <laughs> it's just one of those. It, it it really is. It's one of those. It's one of those games that it's hard to it's hard to explain to an extent because okay, you have the first one. You had the first one. That was a good game, and you've had the the, the follow ups, which have also been good games. Uh, in their own right, but I feel like this was the peak mm-hmm. in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. I feel like I feel like Melee is exactly what Sakurai, the the director, wanted to do when he was making the first game. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it just flowed so perfectly, and yeah. you can see the progression, and it's such a great game. Well, and there's a reason why when there are Smash tournaments, Melee they, is still... Melee is what is the one that they use yes. to play. I yeah. was going to point out, like, like there are two types of Super Smash Bros. players. And I'm not the fir- first person to say this. this. A lot of people have said this. Yeah. Uh, there are Smash fans who play the newest one, mm-hmm. and then there are Smash fans who play Melee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Melee, I believe, is still the most played Smash game in the competitive circuit. I, I believe so. I believe yeah. that's correct. Which yeah. really shows not only its staying power, yeah. but also how much of an impact it left on the franchise. Yeah, like, when did yeah. that game come out? It came out in 2001, the same year as the yeah. GameCube. So 2001? Compare that to Smash Bros. Ultimate or Smash Bros. Brawl, right? Those are, like, one of the two, two of the newer ones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're, like, it's... Compared to Melee... It's like, it's like bringing a gun to a knife fight. Like it's, <laughs> y- you're gonna win no matter what. Mm-hmm. Like it, melee is one hundred percent better in my opinion in every well, way. And maybe I guarantee you most of that is just nostalgia talking because I remember <laughs> playing melee with my brothers at my cousin's house. So like that that was like the big draw to my going to my cousin's house. He lived like two hours away. Mm-hmm. Like that was so much fun. I got to play melee with my 
with Melee my and Double Dash. Those were yep. the two games we played. Double yep. Dash and when then we after... wanted to work together, and Melee when we wanted to work out some <laughs> aggression. <Yeah. laughs> and then after me and Peter went to bed, then they played Lord of the Rings. Mm. Yeah, because the orcs were a little intimidating for the young, <laughs> a young audience yeah. member. Yeah. 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 But Melee, it introduced some of the most iconic uh, stages in the Smash uh like games, yeah, mm-hmm. in the Smash games, like there's Corneria, yeah, uh, great, great Bay is yep. in there, Jungle Japes, yep, mm-hmm. uh, the Temple, the High, yes. the High oh. Temple. I, I, I've heard it called Temple. I've heard it called High Rule. We always called it High Rule, uh, but I think it can it be was... called either. Yeah, dude. it it's the one. It was the most played stage ever in our house. Like we, Same. oh, yeah. One, yeah, that and Corneria. We went back yeah. and forth between those two. But also, sorry, go ahead. No, because I think the reason why we went between those two is because one is a super close combat. You have to be like touching the person, like it's so well, small. That's what you gotta do anyway. You yeah, know, yeah, you gotta yeah, hit yeah. them too. Okay, <laughs> okay. Hey, I was very good at running away. <laughs> <laughs> do not doubt him. Um, and then you've got Hyrule, which is a super spread out. Like a lot kind of, variety. of yeah, a lot of variety, kind of sporadic fighting. Like you fight, you go back, kind of get a breather, and then you go straight back in. Let yeah, me ask you, let, yeah, yeah. Uh, let me ask you this: with the temple stage, how many of you went to the bottom, onto that little platform at, oh. at the side, <laughs> and tried to jump around the entire oh, stage? Are you serious? <laughs> to get land on the top right edge. Uh, I think all of us have done that. At yeah, least once. you have to. <laughs> like, and it's usually like it's usually the same I think usual suspects like Kirby. Yeah, like the the people with really good recovery. Of course, it's the ones with the really good recovery. But we've yeah, all tried yeah, it. Yeah. That stage is legendary. But also, Melee was the very first Super Smash game not to have these stages, but to choose to play on these stages: uh, Battlefield and Final Destination. Okay, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I forgot about those ones. Mm-hmm. In the 64 one, you could play on a battlefield-like stage when you were fighting the Polygon team. And uh, for Final Destination, you played on the 64, you played on a stage like that when you fought Ma- Master Hand. Yep. Mm-hmm. But the like Melee was the very first time you got to choose to just play on those stages. Those yeah. stages actually became a stage. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. And now, in, like in the... Smash community, one of the most played modes of, of Smash oh, ever is yep. Final Destination, no items. Yep. Yep. And you just go at it with your, your skill and your skill alone. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's why I hate that. <laughs> I've never been able to get to master the dodging. Like, it's just yeah. one of those things that if you're going to be a good player, you got to know how to dodge, and I've never been mm-hmm. able to get that down. There are some crazy good players. Oh, I don't so, I don't claim to be... I, I am a good Smash player. I do not claim to be a good Melee player. Yeah. Yes. Melee is in a... I mean, from the, what I can tell, it's in a completely different league. Yeah, it's, it's watching... Just, it is its own animal. Watching like, um, Ultimate Tournaments played, and then... Melee tournaments played. I can tell what's going on in ultimate tournaments most of the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Melee. Oh my! Word. There's so much stuff you can do they that go I, so did, fast. I had no idea. Yeah. It is. Yeah. What, what was it? There was that random. I, I I feel like anyone who has watched any gamer streams, there's that random spec uh, tournament moment. Oh, where the wombo guys combo. Like, wombo combo. Happy, happy feet. feet. And then they just start. Oh, and then oh, they oh. give up. They <laughs> give up trying to commentate. Yeah. They just start going. Oh, oh, yeah. and it's. <laughs> 
that's all you can do. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. in that yeah. moment, it's like, uh, uh, okay, he grabbed. No, no, he's throwing him. No, that guy can't. Oh, okay. We're, and now he's dead. Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's so quick paced. And, and it's so much fun The yeah. technical skills of these players is absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. And I think this is one of the very first games that, at least, I think it's the very, like, one of the only games that I know of that became, went from, like, a kind of a more slower paced like, it's still fast-paced from, like, N64 to a really fast-paced game. And then people were like, no, keep it fast-paced. We want it that way. Because, mm-hmm. like, you've had, you'll have people, like, Call of Duty. Like, it was not really a super fast-paced game. Then it became fast-paced and everyone hated it. Like, Halo. It became well, I mean, fast-paced and everyone, everyone. hated it. You're going to have people who enjoy different aspects of yeah, it. Yeah, but most, more often than not. Most like, of the community. The, the most of the community did not like it. Mm-hmm. But, like, Melee and, like, Smash Bros., it went from a more, it was still a fast-paced game, but it was a little slower than Melee, to a really fast-paced game, and then I think Brawl kind of tried to match that, like Super Smash Bros. Brawl, which came out on the Wii, tried to match that and couldn't really do it. It got pretty close, but it couldn't really do it, and then it hasn't been able to get to that level of Melee since. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that one of the reasons it couldn't quite ca- the Wii couldn't quite catch up with the GameCube in a way um, was just was because of the controllers. Like, oh, the, yeah. The yeah. controllers... The the, the the controllers allowed for a lot more control and precision. And the, yeah. other, the reason I think the fast-paced gameplay was something everyone was okay with was because it was totally dependent on you. You could yes. play it slower-paced with, slower with a slower-paced group, or if you got with a group of people who knew what they were about, it could turn into an absolute like Slug throwdown. Yeah. It was amazing. I, I love the game very much. And also... On- for the Nintendo 64 Smash Brothers, it had a single player with the classic... It's now called the classic mode. Back then, yeah. it wasn't called classic. Uh, but this was the first Smash game to have, like, a like a story mode. A single player, like, story yeah. mode. Yeah. Not quite yeah. on the level of the subspace emissary that was in uh, Brawl. That one was so much fun. But it did have an adventure mode where you could play as these different like Nintendo IPs going through these different yeah. Nintendo IP lands. Mm-hmm. You could be Samus and run through the Mushroom Kingdom. Yeah. You could be Link and travel into Star Fox land. Yeah. Like it had such it had a, a good single player mode. Yeah. Which I feel like was a, a little lacking in the 64 one. To I be mean fair. It yeah, to little... be fair, it was the very first one of its kind and mm-hmm. the uh Nintendo 64 one. I think more, I think they were mainly just trying to experiment and be like, okay, let's try to feel out what this would be like. Mm-hmm. And then everyone ended up loving it, and they were like, awesome, let's make another one. Yep. So I I feel like the N64, where it was lacking in that department, makes up for it in its sheer, like, how new it was. Originality. In, yeah, in, mm-hmm. in originality and how unique it was. And like, wow, this is something we've never seen before. The funny thing is, it, what you could say it what when you compare it to some like arcade fighter, like yeah. like Street Fighter and such, like it had Mortal some Kombat. similarities with that. But, I mean, we did mention in the last podcast about the ability to build up damage and then knock someone off the map. Yeah. I will also say, this is one, it, it's one of the few games where you can actually work up enough technical skill to be just as instinctive as the AI. Because there are yes. a lot yes. of games where yes. it, it, it's impossible. Like, the AI just always knows what the next thing is, doing all these things at once, mm-hmm. with 
with melee, you could actually get to the same level as the AI in technical skill. Mm -hmm. And going back to how well the game was made, uh, to my knowledge, there's not a really OP character. You know, there's definitely characters that are better. Yeah. And... But that was it was just released the way it was and everything was perfect. And you know, nowadays with Ultimate, they release patches, nerfing and buffing yeah. certain characters, yeah. and that just shows that they did an unbelievable job on melee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So one thing That's I true. really loved about melee and brawl specifically was the fact that no character was better than the other like innately. There was no like, oh yeah, Samus is so much better than Fox. Some well, characters are a little more obnoxious than others. Yeah, obviously. You, you'll get characters like Fox who you just dash back and forth and keep knocking you up, but there was no character who was just better just because... He's going to win just because you played that character. Yeah. Yep. Every, it was all based on the player's skill. And even though there were some characters that were counters to specific mm-hmm. characters, like Samus and Fox, because if you shoot... Fox's reflect. Yeah, Fox has a reflect, and he can reflect uh, some of Samus's projectiles towards her, right? But there, it wasn't based... Like, it... That did not dictate the game or how it was played. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not in a major major capacity, yeah. right? Samus had better ranged work. Yeah. Fox had was Fox was quick. <laughs> he was so fast. And just yeah. a good striker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you had characters that were heavier hitting and were also ha- harder to knock off the map. You had Kirby who could adapt more. The Ice Climbers were another one that my siblings just hated if anyone played the Ice Climbers. I've, n- I've tried to like, <laughs> get so with them. I oh, can't so do fun. it. If you can get some some good work with the Ice Climbers, you can annoy people to a high degree. Yeah. I, I think believe it. the one reason why Melee was so phenomenal was its ability to be balanced with ability to have characters be balanced yet OP at the same time. Had variety but balance. Yes, exactly. So you would have characters who were good, but it was entirely based on the player themselves. If they did not play that character all the time and were not very good at that character, then the character wasn't great. Mm-hmm. Right? So if you play Samus for 24 hours then a day, then you're going to be great at Samus. If you play mm-hmm. Fox for two minutes a week, then you're going to be great at Fox. And yeah. I think that's what made it so good. It really had a really balanced character sheet. Yeah. While we're still discussing the characters of Super Smash Bros. Melee, mm-hmm. I have a small complaint. It is small. I think that game is fantastic, and this is, this is more of a nitpick. But at, when we were talking about the 64, one of the things we mentioned was that as the future games came, more clone characters began to show up. Yes. And yeah. you can there are quite a few in Super Smash Brothers Melee. There's there's Mario and Dr. Mario. Okay. I mean that's there, more of a skin. There's yes, but it's still a different fighter. There's I guess. there's Pikachu and Pichu. Yeah, that one was That's in Was there. he in Melee? Yeah, he was in Melee. I forgot about yeah. them actually. There and of course the weirdest one to me was Captain Falcon and Ganondorf. Yeah, that one was kind of weird. It didn't make much sense because that's not what Ganondorf usually did in the Zelda games. So having him, yeah, I loved Ganon the Cannon. Yeah, I, that's I, true. I, I, I love Ganondorf, and oh. I play Ganondorf a lot in Melee and the future specifically, Smash games. Specifically, Grandpa Ganon with Grandpa the, Ganon yeah, with the white skin, white, white hair. Yeah, but okay, I'll give them a pass for the clone of well, like this Captain Falcon and Ganondorf. Because 
Captain Falcon is more of a faster is a faster character who doesn't hit as hard. And Ganondorf is slow, but hits like a truck. This is true. So I, I give them a pass on that one just because they're different enough that they're not clones, but they're close enough that they're related, I guess you could say. Okay. Like I said, it's a nitpick. It's yeah. not something that I am very upset about. Yeah. It's not something that I will die on a hill for. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I do wish that we could have gotten... Ironically enough, I wish we could have gotten more of the Ganondorf with the sword that you get in the Zelda games. Now yeah. I don't want as many sword fighters in yeah. Smash games. Oh my goodness, <laughs> there's so many. And ironically enough, they did give him a sword in the Ultimate, but not as a normal yeah, move, but that, that, only as I the think, Smash attacks. Yeah, that was good. But yeah, that made him more unique compared to yeah. Captain Falcon. So that was fine. I was fine with that. But back when with Geos Melee, I wanted him to have the sword. Now, I'm co- in retrospect, I'm kind of glad he doesn't. <laughs> but again, that's just a nitpick. Yeah. Another thing I wanted to mention with the characters is the, because of the influence Smash can have and the influence Melee had specifically, Smash Melee basically didn't launch because the games existed, but it popular popular uh, was sorry popularized. Thank you, Daniel. You're welcome. Another game franchise with Fire Emblem. Oh yeah, because so much fun. Those games would not be as big as they are. I don't know if they would be. Well, I don't know. They they had a. I would say they had a pretty solid fan base. They had a solid fan base, but it was mostly it was mostly Japanese. Hmm. Here's the thing, though. Okay, so for Fire Emblem specifically, it's kind of like Legend of Zelda, except on a smaller scale. The following was a real like niche kind of like. It wasn't super... It was widely known, I guess, in the Nintendo community, but it really wasn't widely accepted. Like, it was accepted as a Nintendo game, but it really wasn't like a, oh, you play that? That's kind of cool. It's more of like, oh, you play that? Okay. It's kind of <laughs> like it's like a band that you like and a lot of other people like, but other people don't know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. It's a smaller, smaller community. Because I know for a fact, when I first played Melee and I unlocked... Marth and Roy, who were yeah, the two Fire Emblem characters. Boys. Oh, yeah, baby. I didn't know who they were. And I didn't know what game they were from. Yep. And Roy's <laughs> game actually hadn't come out yet. Yeah. He was put in the Smash first it, to promote the new Fire Emblem game with Roy in it. Still a great character. He is a great character. But that but I, I personally do not think Fire Emblem would be nearly as big as it is today if it wasn't for Smash. I'd agree with that, actually. Like, I think it would still be... I think it would still be existing, but I don't think we would have gotten three houses for the Switch. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Without these characters yeah. appearing in Melee first. And they and putting characters into Smash games to advertise other franchises is still something that Smash games do. Yeah. Like with Shulk from the Xenoblade Chronicles. Not a lot of people knew... Is that knew, where he's from? I have no yeah, clue sure. what yep. game Yeah, not a lot of people knew who Shulk was or what game he was from and now people do because of smash (laughs) people know him as that obnoxious character (laughs) from the xenoblade chronicles (laughs) right right what's that what backslash or whatever it's called backslash backslash Backslash. (laughs) yep that's all you do (laughs) hey it's effective hey it's super effective but those are two things (laughs) those are two things i wanted to bring up while we were still talking about melee now, moving on to... We've talked about some multiplayer mm. with specifically Double Dash and Melee, the two yep. biggest 
the biggest uh, multiplayer games on the GameCube. Moving on to the more single-player games, a game that I personally really, really like that was actually the launch title with the GameCube was Luigi's Mansion. Mm, yeah, Luigi's Mansion. I never played the old ones. I remember playing, I think, the new ones on... Actually, it was, I think it was one of your guys' uh, 3DSs on, mm-hmm. uh, on Dark a road, Moon. On a road trip, yeah. actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the original <laughs> Luigi's Mansion, uh, like I said, it was a GameCube launch title, which was very weird, because if you remember, the launch title for the 64 was Super Mario 64, mm-hmm. Yeah, which yeah. was a revolutionary game. I don't know exactly what gave Nintendo the idea to make the very first game for uh, the the GameCube launch this weird, like, Luigi mixed with Ghostbusters game. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a a weird, like, idea when you think about it, but it honestly makes sense. Because you know, I mean, I I am not much of... I don't know a lot of Nintendo history, so I don't know how much... uh, Luigi has been involved with the games before Luigi's Mansion because I know he's been in he's been in some right he, he never like got Kart. he never had his own single player adventure game but he he appeared in yeah like he was in Paper Mario and he was mm-hmm. in the obviously the Mario Karts and yeah, the Mario yeah. Parties so yep. quick question um Luigi's kind of known to be like the scary cat that was solidified in this game. Okay, was this like the very first time where you like, okay, this is... There is a hint of it in Paper Mario for 64, but in Paper Mario 64, you can find Luigi's Diary, where it says that he gets scared, and then he wishes he had his own game. Wow. That that (laughs) Easter egg was put into Paper Mario because Luigi's Mansion was in development at the time. Interesting. Hmm. That's actually super cool. So, Luigi's Mansion... So you had the idea that he was a bit of a coward in Paper Mario, but yeah. it was a little seedling. Whereas this game, Luigi's Mansion, really solidified it as a fact, and now as a part of Luigi's character. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as you think of Luigi, oh, he's that uh, he's that coward. Yeah, like, <laughs> he's, not a, he's not a coward. He's a coward. He's, he's, he's a cowardly he's scared, hero, but he still goes into the mansion. Yeah, he's, he's, a he's, coward wouldn't even go into the mansion. He's yeah. the cowardly hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm bashing my boy Luigi. <laughs> <laughs> but this game like really cemented it. Really cemented Luigi's personality going forward. Mm-hmm. And I, t- to me, it's one of my personal favorite games for the GameCube. Yeah, I love Luigi's Mansion, and I honestly think it's the best Luigi's Mansion out of all three of them. Yes, for sure. I mean, the controls, I will admit, were kind of hard, and you had to get used to them, and now they're really easy, and, yeah. you know, the new ones. But honestly, but, that, that just kind of goes with the territory at this point. Yeah, yeah. First game and all. Yeah. But the story was really good, and... The atmosphere, yeah, you know, was really good, because for the two sequels, Dark Moon and Luigi's Mansion Three, they took it slightly more not not uh, ridiculous but cartoony. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay, more kid friendly. I mean, it's kid friendly yeah. anyway, but yeah. it was a little it's less, Luigi. you know. Whereas the first Luigi's Mansion, for a young kid, would actually be scary to play. Mm-hmm. So I think yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> like. I feel like why Luigi's Mansion was specifically the very first one was so popular was because it was an interesting play on, I guess, I don't want to say horror, 
but kind of horror-esque genre. It, it, was, it was kind of a creepy, but it was a fun creepy. Like, yeah. like these, yeah, yeah, yeah. these days, if you have a, a jump scare game or whatever, the whole point of it is to scare you. This was one of those games where the combination of music and the setting, and uh, yeah. it, it had that creepy element, but it was more of a, oh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Yeah. And a lot less of a... more of a suspense game than a... Yeah. A lot less of a, you know, shrieking... A lot less of a, here's something that's going to jump at you and shriek in your face... And you are going to fall off your chair, like it's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not Five Nights and Freddy's, but you know, Five, yeah. five Nights at Freddy's. Yeah, what what I get say? it right, son. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You said, I don't you said Five Nights in Freddy's, not uh, the... okay. <laughs> You're still working at the same building. Okay, it, get it right, man. You gotta oh, say it correctly. I'm so sorry. There five you go. Nights at outside of Freddy's. Oh my word. <laughs> You're not going back. You're done. Um, but Luigi's Mansion was a lot of fun, uh, and one of the coolest things about it were they weren't exactly bosses in a sense. Some of them were. Yeah. Were it was the portrait ghosts, which is what they got rid of the portrait ghosts in the sequels. Uh, well, they kind of brought them back a little bit in three. But what the portrait ghosts were is you had you fought like normal like ghosts, like the normal bad guys, like. A Goomba is in a Mario game. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. You fought those guys, and then you would get to this one room where there was a specific, like, carefully designed ghost, and he had a name, he had a personality, mm-hmm. and he had a trick to catch him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's a puzzle. It was a little bit of a puzzle. Yeah, and it was it was a it was an interesting way to gra- keep your interests up, because you weren't just going through because. It no wasn't, one thinks it wasn't uh, the same old, same old. We're doing this exact same thing three times over, and then boom, we're gonna fi- face the final ghost, and we're gonna have to do the, the exact same thing until you beat the, all fifteen levels. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like that. It was it was a little different. Mm-hmm. And I remember them like very much. They were all so interesting and funny. Like there was Mister Lugs, who was this gigantic fat ghost. Uh, there was Biff Atlas, who was the jock, Biff. who was just constantly Biff. lifting weights. There was Chaucy the baby, who, he was one of the bosses, and he was... He was the first... He was the first, first like, boss. boss you fought, and he was, he could be difficult at times. Uh, not crazy difficult. And then there was one called Bogmire, who you fought in, like, the graveyard, like, the outside, like, like that kind of, uh, setting, and he was genuinely scary to me. He's like this weird purple like monster that like comes out of the ground and like has uh like his mouth is where his chest would be and it opens up. That's kind of creepy. Yeah, it's an unsettling character design. But yeah, I loved it. And you would capture these ghosts and take them to Professor Egad, and he would turn them into portraits, which is why they're called portrait ghosts. And they were some of the most interesting, like villains. Yeah. In a Lu- in a Mario game, even not just a Luigi game, because in Mario games it's usually like a Koopa mm-hmm. or a Goomba or yeah. there's not a lot of personality in, in, exactly. in a lot of the Mario games. It's yeah. just you stomp on it, you squish it, it's done. <laughs> the only, for, them for a lot of them. yeah, the only time like those characters are given personality is in the Paper Mario games, really. Mm-hmm. Yep. But Luigi's Mansion had bad guys with funny personalities, and I remember them very much. One complaint I do hear quite a bit with Luigi's Mansion is that it's too short. Hmm. Because you, if you wanted to, you could sit down and beat that game in four to five hours. Mm-hmm. Okay. I can agree with that. It's not a very big game compared to the new ones, especially. Mm-hmm. And, I've, and I've heard that as a downside. Personally, 
I think that is a bit of an upside because to me it makes the game a lot more replayable. Yes, mm. I, I agree with that. I was actually about to make that exact point. I think the reason why um, it's one of those things where the fans really want this, but as soon as they get it, they're not going to like it anymore mm. because it's you really wish you had it, but trust me, you don't want it because as soon as it becomes long, it's going to lose its replay value mm-hmm. because you're going to have to sit through longer areas and have to do more repetitive stuff to get to that one part that you really like. Well, that's what the new ones are, too. It's a lot of puzzles, and you see the same ghosts over and over and over again. Nothing's changing until you get to the boss, and then you have to figure out the pattern to beat the boss, and that's your one moment where the game is different. Different. And with the original, you saw the same ghosts most of the time, but they threw in this, you know the portrait ghosts and they had personality and they had a special way to catch them mm-hmm. and it just made the game more fun. You weren't doing the same repetitive thing over and over and over again. You were seeing different ghosts mm-hmm. every yeah. three rooms. Each ghost had its unique uh, knack, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, no, no goose, no t- goose, no two ghosts <laughs> were alike. Yeah. And like I said, they kind of brought in not portrait ghosts, but, different kinds of like ghosts with their own personality in Luigi's Mansion 3 but not to the same level that uh, the first one had now when it comes to Mario single player games perhaps the biggest Mario game uh, it was the biggest Mario game uh, was Super Mario Sunshine Mm -hmm. Luigi's Mansion was Luigi's game Mario was in it but it was Luigi's game thank goodness he got his own I love Luigi (laughs) Super Mario Sunshine is essentially, I guess, the sequel to Super Mario 64 because it's, it was the second 3D platforming Mario, the, yeah. the second sandbox Mario. It came out in 2002. Uh, it, didn't, it introduced new characters like P.D. Piranha. Was, that was his first uh, game. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bowser Jr., actually. Well, this was his yeah. first game. Yep. So it, it has left an impact on the Mario... Lore, I guess, is the word to use. <laughs> and I really, really enjoy it. It's one of my favorites on the system. I don't... I, honestly, it's tough for me to choose which is better for me, Luigi's Mansion, or this. But this one is certainly very, very, very good. And and it's very memorable. Mm. It has a lot of memorable moments, and yep. a lot of memorable uh, sequences, yeah. doesn't, levels. Doesn't Mario get, like, arrested for, was it, graffiti? No, yeah. He gets yeah. framed, more or less. Yeah, that the story is basically Mario goes on vacation to this beautiful island Yeah, like Delfino Plaza. Uh-huh, and he gets arrested because someone who looks like Mario is leaving gra- graffiti all over the place. <laughs> and he, and he, he is allowed to get out of jail by cleaning it up. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's essentially the story. <laughs> it, 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 I, it is a story. I'm not claiming that Mario, like Mario Sunshine, has the best storyline. Yeah, but no Mario has the best storyline. I mean, it's literally, hey, you see that princess over there? She's been kidnapped. Go save her. Let's go. That's every other Mario that, game. That is so yeah. throwing Mario in jail because of graffiti is a new twist, an unexpected one, but new. <laughs> so there's that. But even like the gameplay itself, uh, mo- like they did take a little bit away from Mario's movement in a sense because they got rid of like the long jump. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, they, yeah. which a lot of people were really mad at. Yeah. Actually. But they added so much more because of the flood mechanic. Yes. Mm-hmm. I've heard that a lot of people. I think Mario Sunshine's the least popular of the Mario 3D. I'm not positive about that. I'm not. I'm not 100 percent positive either. But I'm pretty sure I've heard say, that. I would say maybe Galaxy One. Yeah, I could agree with that probably. But anyway, a lot of people didn't like the flood originally because it it changed the way Mario 3D games were. I mean, there was only two at the time, but it changed, it changed the gameplay and you know how it was played, and it was just different. Yeah. So at first, no one really liked the flood and the mechanics you could do with it, but I think that that's why the game is so good. You know, because 64, Mario 64, and Mario Galaxy, other than power-ups you get, it's the same game movement-wise. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Mario Sunshine changes that completely, and I think that makes the game... Because they're four it's times a good better. Of pace. Yeah. yeah, and there are different nozzles you can get for the flood. One that is a rocket and shoots you into the air. One that makes you go super fast. There are some levels of the game where your flood is actually taken away from you. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's turned into dr- yeah, traditional, yeah. and you have to do simple platforms without the movement that you've gotten used to now. And it's a it's a throwback, and it but it's also a challenge. Yeah, and it's a lot of fun. One thing I will say in Super Mario Sunshine's favor is it has some really great music. Mm. Yes. Yeah. It really does. The Delfino Plaza That mix. music is oh, amazing. It's so good. And it has it has a lot of great music. Not only Delfino Plaza, it has Bianco Hills, uh, Rico Harbor, Pina Park. Like, so many really cool... Those are landscapes. Those are like stages, but they have great soundtracks to them. Mm-hmm. It's it's a great song. Uh, it's a great game to just listen to. Yeah, mm-hmm. honestly, I think one of my favorite Mario like songs, like tracks, is Delfino Plaza. Mm-hmm. Like easily is easily in my top three. Mm-hmm. It's so good. <laughs> and the, something actually about Delfino Plaza, not music wise, but that it's the hub world. Yeah. In the same way that Super Mario sixty four had Peach's Castle. Yeah. Uh, Mario Sunshine had Delfino Plaza, mm-hmm. and. One of the things that they did for that was at the beginning of the game, it's not like so dark you can't see, but it's dark. Like like it's it looks like it's a cloudy day or something like that. Yeah. And the more yeah, shines you get, which which replace the stars, the more shines you get, mm-hmm. the brighter it actually becomes. So it becomes more colorful and more vibrant. Yeah. And a lot of I don't know if that a lot of people I don't know if a lot of people have strong opinions on that aspect i really like that i thought yeah i thought that was kind of cool yeah how... it gave me incentive to collect all the other shines yeah exactly i thought it was kind of cool that as you progress in the campaign or even in your free time the more shines you got like it just i don't know it was just a cool little feature mm-hmm. it's nice because like the shines were extras to an extent uh, but at the same, but they actually, I like it when extras actually contribute to something overall. Like, it's, yes. Yeah. Like having, having dis, like, dis, like discoverables and things that you can find around a map in a game is a nice thing. But when it's like, okay, you discover this just for the sake of discovering it. I'm like, okay, this is just dumb. Why, mm-hmm. why would I want to spend all the time required to go and find these, these yep. things? 
Yeah. Um, whereas the shines, I mean, they you'd play little mini games to unlock them. Uh, whether it's collecting all the blue coins or another one. Yep. Uh, and of course the actual stages were also a place where you could get different shines. Yeah. Yeah. But getting enough shines to like make it brighter was a a weird way to get me motivated to go and get more shines. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so I was very happy about that. One downside though, as far as like getting shines, it got too bright. <laughs> well, here's the thing: you if went it, blind. If if you if you got uh, so many shines that it became too bright for you, you could go to this one guy who would give you sunglasses, and it would make the screen slump somewhat <laughs> darker for you. So it nice. had a solution. I know. It was nice, so weird, but it was perfect. It worked. Uh, one downside, though, is when it comes in Mario sixty four. There were, if there was like a land or a stage you didn't like, like I said, I don't like TikTok clock. Mm. You can skip over it. You can go to a different place and collect a star there and eventually get enough stars to enter into the next uh, door that you mm-hmm. need stars to unlock. So you can skip over stages if you just don't like that stage yeah. or that particular star. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Sunshine, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you have to get a specific number of shines from each level yes, in have, order to progress in the game. So you have to okay. get to, I mean, there's a certain amount of levels in every stage. And in order to get to the end game, you would have to be the first seven levels, or you would have to get to level seven. You'd have to complete level seven of each world, which was the Shadow Mario level. Mm-hmm. And I know they wanted you to just uh, explore each like world and get as many shines as you can, Yeah. but that I, I want to be able to pick which shines I was going to get in order to progress. Yeah. Because there are some that I just didn't <clears throat> like. For example, the Shadow Manta Ray, mm-hmm. yeah. that where you spray the Manta Ray and it breaks off into smaller Manta Rays until eventually there are like a hundred little manta rays just <laughs> running around and you touch one and you get hurt and it's it, that was what and the land is so big enough that it's hard to find the last one if you're down to the last one <laughs> that that was not a great level for me and i wish i could skip it but i can't because i have to beat it in order to get to the end game which is yeah. a downside to me and another downside i don't there are there are a lot of upsides to the game but another downside to me would be the bosses Mm. because for Donkey Kong 64, I mentioned that I don't like it when they repeat bosses. Yeah. yeah. Sunshine does that a lot. <clears throat> you fight the the proto-piranha, the, like, the, the piranha plant that's made out of graffiti, like, seven times. <laughs> you fight PD Piranha twice. Uh, you fight Gooper Blooper twice. You chase down Shadow Mario several times, like once in each once stage. in each stage, and also several times in Delfino Plaza. Mm-hmm. Like just repeating the bosses, it's not how you're gonna keep my interest. I want to be keep getting challenged. Yeah. And for the second PD Piranha fight, you do have to like. There's a n- different thing. You have to knock him out of the sky, but it's not that difficult to do and it's not enough yeah. to make the boss fight more different. interesting or yeah. more different. Yeah. Yeah, and that's understandable. I think one thing that specifically plagues video games today is the fact that there are so many repeated sequences. 
So games like, uh, or just repeated things in a game. So for example, the newest um, Smash Bros. has so many sword characters who are almost identical to each other. Mm-hmm. They have really similar smashes, like no matter what. Or like um, a uh, Call of Duty game, right? You've got Call of Duty Black Ops 3, and then you've got Infinite Warfare. They're almost completely interchangeable. The Mm. only difference is the time period. Yeah. That's Mm. it. And it's not enough to really pique the interest of the the gamer or the, the consumer. So they just don't buy it. Yeah. And I think that's what really is ruining a lot of games that could be super good that just aren't. Well, to be fair, it is kind of... These days, it's kind of hard to be original in the gaming world. Yeah, and that's true. And it's also, when you're building on a franchise, it's hard to strike a balance between the thing that the fans like about a franchise and also, but also trying to make it a little unique. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. And I will say this Sunshine is a very unique game in Mm -hmm. the Mario catalog. And and I just described, like, the two things I don't like how you have to repeat, like, how you have to do certain levels in order to get to the end game and the boss repetitions. But there are so many other things in that game that I do like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love the worlds. Like, even though there are certain levels I don't like as much, like the hotel one, Mm -hmm. I still really like, like, all the others. I like exploring them, I like the platforming aspect of them. And so revisiting them isn't that big of a deal. I just wish I could choose. Like yeah. there are more. Like like we said with sixty four, the high points outweigh the low points. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. it's important to acknowledge the low points. Yeah. For sure. Otherwise, you're not having a balanced opinion in what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. If you're just going to talk about the high points, then you might as well just, you know, not have an opinion, right? Because nobody's going to take that op- opinion. Uh, I, I guess nobody's really going to take that opinion serious if you're not mm-hmm. going to acknowledge the fact that, okay, this part is kind of sucky, mm-hmm. but hey, this part's really good. Mm-hmm. So I, I I think that just comes with the territory, honestly, when discussing any game. You have to have a, a balanced opinion. And I actually enjoy, um, specifically when talking about a game that I love, mentioning the stuff that's really bad, that I really dislike. And that way... I once I do it first, so that way I can then continue to talk about. Okay, now this is what I really love mm-hmm. for the rest of the conversation. Yeah, and Sunshine, despite its few flaws, is still a really solid game that I still return oh, yeah. to multiple times. One hundred percent. It's a solid game. Now another franchise that. We talked about, for the 64, we talked about two games from this franchise, and we're going to be talking about two games from this franchise for the GameCube, and that's the Legend of Zelda franchise. And the two games that were on the GameCube from this franchise were The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker and The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. Yeah, I find, I mean, I like it. I I find it interesting how they went for Twilight Princess, so they went with the, the dark theme... You know, kind of like Majora's Mask. Well, that's the thing. It's a, a similar situation to the 64 discussion we had. Because we said that Ocarina of Time was the more epic adventure story, mm-hmm. whereas Majora's was the more dark and gritty story. Yeah, and, and that, you can say the same with Wind Waker, Twilight Princess and Wind Waker. Yeah. And Twilight Princess. Wind Waker is a more epic sea adventure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Twilight Princess is a more dark and gritty shadow 
like sort of game. Mm-hmm. And so you have kind of a similar situation. There is a big difference between these two besides the adventure. For, there are similarities, of course, because it's Zelda. Yeah, there it, are, it's still the same game. There are dungeons. There are How puzzles. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I am so sorry. The same Don't you characters. ever say that about a <laughs> You will have a, a angry mob show up. Oh, especially z- about the Zelda, Zelda community. Oh, my mm. goodness. Like, ah, oh, you played one, you played them all. You hush your mouth. <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But, uh, so, of course, they have similarities. <laughs> but one of the biggest differences besides tone is character and graphic design. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because where Twilight Princess is made to look a little more realistic and gritty, Wind Waker is made to look very cartoony. Yeah, and kind of kitty, you know. And kind of kitty. However, it has that has worked to its advantage mm-hmm. tremendously. Yeah. yeah. It made a lot of people upset upset when it first came out, but it's it made that game still look good. All these years later. Yeah. It came out in 2002. I would argue that it is the best looking game for the GameCube. Mm. Yeah, I can agree with that. And going on towards more Wind Waker, the the style... I'm not sure where I'm going with, with this, so... Here, <laughs> <laughs> I'll help you out. Okay, so if I'm not mistaken, Wind Waker, I don't know much about Wind yeah, Waker Yeah, because you or... two... Daniel and William. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You two aren't quite as deep into the Zelda franchise as me and Nathan yeah. are. Yeah, not yeah, particularly, yeah. yeah. Um, so, if I'm not mistaken, Wind Waker's art style, as far as, like, how saturated things are and, like, the colors, is very similar to um, Breath of the Wild. and But the only difference in, as far as, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, the only difference is, like, oh, <laughs> thank you, William. <laughs> thank you. Um, the only difference is like the cartoony aspect of Wind Waker mm-hmm. compared to Breath of the Wild. Essentially, like they're both shell uh, shaded is the term for like that weird like like yeah. uh, glowy yeah. effect that they have. Okay, then I will say that is hands down one of if not my favorite animation style. It I works love, really well. I love animation style like that, and for that reason, this is why I actually like Wind Waker. Because I don't know much about it, and I haven't played it, but from the way it looks, and from what I've heard, how it plays, it's very good. It is very good. I really enjoy it. And as someone who is not as deep into the Zelda franchise as you are, in in our last episode, you discussed how you acknowledged the importance of them, but you dislike both Orcarina and Majora. Oh, (laughs) my goodness. I I honestly think, I do think, that if you had the time to play it, because I know you, like, you're busy and stuff like that, yeah. but if you had the time to play it, I think you would really enjoy Wind Waker. I'm not sure if you would enjoy Twilight Princess. I think I would not enjoy Twilight Princess just based on the length of the campaign of the game. Because I, I don't know much about it other than the fact that Link can turn into a wolf or something like that. Mm-hmm. That does yeah. happen, yes. And it's a super long game. It is pretty I long. Can't I, it is a pretty long game. I am not a huge guy on like instant gratification. In fact, I hate games that just instantly like give me what I want. You gotta no, have some yeah, make me work for that. I will enjoy it so much more. But don't make it don't over make, say it's welcome. Don't make me play sixty hours just to find out the ending. Mm-hmm. Like I would rather just look up a YouTube video. Like oh yeah, all cutscenes. Okay, 
figure out what happened. You cheater. <laughs> <laughs> um, I prefer the term efficient. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but like for a game like Breath of the Wild or Wind Waker, I'd be willing to play those just based on the art style. And going back to the where the art style helped it, when it was first released, it was kind of like, oh, this isn't really a, a Zelda game, you know, because the art style and just the way it was played. Yeah. But because of the style now, it's let it, it's let it live mm-hmm. a lot longer than I think Twilight Princess did, you know, mm-hmm. just because of the way it was. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, I mean, you pointed out the that art style. Wait. When you try to, uh, I mean, we talked about the last, the last time how uh, GoldenEye tried to make a really realistic-looking game, and now it just doesn't hold up because graphics have come so far. Yeah. When you take a game and intentionally give it like a cartoony look, it gives it doesn't it, age. It preserves it because mm-hmm. instead of it, instead of trying to to make it as realistic as possible, and then realistic as possible changes within the with the next year. Yeah. It is, this is our style, and it is unique. And it doesn't matter how much time has elapsed, it is still its own item. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it just it so, me- lets a game last a lot better, and it, it just ages so much better than it would otherwise. So, full disclosure, I remember coming to Grosvenor's house, so Justin and Nathan's house, and playing Breath of the Wild. I thought, while I was playing Breath of the Wild, I didn't figure this out until, like, two days ago when I was actually looking up a couple games that, you know, the GameCube that GameCube came out with and stuff like that. And it was on the GameCube. I did not realize that Wind Waker was that old. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like 2015, 2014. Well, it got like a, that. it got a port. It got a remake done for the Wii U. Okay. So, that so that's sense. probably what you're thinking of. So I completely thought that Wind Waker was a newer game. And I actually was like, Oh yeah, this looks really cool. I want to play it. So, I actually, like, I I thought it was, like, not the prequel, but something that... You didn't realize it was the same game that everyone yeah. talks about. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a newer game. So I did not realize that it came out in, what did you say, 2000 and... It, Wind Waker came out in 2003. 2003. Like, I, I would have never have guessed that if I had just looked at it. Because the animation style, the cartoony animation style, stands up so well. And it also, not just because of the animation style, Wind Waker, I would say, is the easiest 3D Zelda. And I don't mean that in a bad way. No, yeah. It Because it is easier and it has that cartoony style, it makes it, I think, the most approachable Zelda game. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you didn't like Ocarina and Majora's Mask. I think you would enjoy Wind Waker. If you came to me before playing any Zelda game and you said... Which Zelda game should I play first to get into the franchise? I would suggest Wind Waker. Mm, yeah. And in retrospect, I really wish I had not played Ocarina of Time first. Just because it was so long, and the times I had to play it were so, was so sporadic. And narrow. And narrow that I couldn't consistently play it and understand what was going on very well. Each time I played it, I would have to go through, like, like stories, pretty much, and, like, Give yourself a mini yeah, tutorial, essentially. pretty much, mm-hmm. on how to do stuff. Other than, you know, mash this button to attack, mash this button to block. Like, mm-hmm. that, that, those are, like, the only two things that I really remember. Um, and I think, I think from what you're describing, I would really enjoy Majora's, uh, not Majora's Mask, uh, 
Wind Waker. And I think I would enjoy Twilight Princess to some extent. It just depends on how long of a time period I have to play it. We've talked a, like quite a bit about Wind Waker and the art style, and we haven't talked a lot about Twilight Princess. There's actually a debate whether this is a GameCube game. Because it, it was made, it was, it was in development, and was supposed to be released exclusively for the GameCube. But because the new system, Wii, the Wii, was coming out, they actually ported it for the Wii, and it was released for the Wii first, and then a month l- and, as a launch title, and then it, a month later it was released for the GameCube. Interesting. So, so there's some debate whether it's really a GameCube game. I would argue the GameCube version is better than the Wii version. Mm-hmm. What, what what would be the difference? Motion controls. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that's the main one uh, So, but Twilight Princess is a solid game it has a really great story mm-hmm. and that's definitely the where it's better than Wind Waker is a story yeah like Wind Waker has a great art style easy to play I would argue that although I love Orcarina and I love Majora's Mask I think Twilight Princess has the most interesting story because it has that twilight realm and the character like uh the villain of it is really interesting Zant is the appears to be the main villain until it's realized that Ganondorf is really behind it all I mean let's be honest here who I, I would have totally saw that coming it's Ganondorf it's legend <laughs> of zelda like mm-hmm. but it, twilight princess has a great story however i don't think it's very strong with its characters whereas Wind Waker definitely is. When I think of Wind Waker, like certain characters instantly pop into my brain. Obviously Link, Zelda, yeah. Ganondorf, but also Medley is in there, who I love. Aurel is all in there. Tetra, who is the mm-hmm. pirate lady who becomes Zelda. Mm-hmm. They're all very, very yeah. memorable. This was actually the first appearance of Beetle, mm-hmm. who stayed in Zelda games almost since then, at least 3D Zelda games. So it has very memorable characters. Whereas Twilight Princess, I struggle to remember a lot of the characters, which is not a problem I have with every Zelda game. I remember a lot of characters from yeah. Orcarina. Like, I remember Sheik and Impa and Saria and Ruto. To be fair, though, uh, Impa was in, you know, he, she was in High, uh, Breath of the Wild. She was in... Future games. Yeah, she yes. was in future games, <laughs> but so it's even, easier to remember But even, name. like, the King Zora from Orcarina of Time, I remember him, Dampy... Uh, the great uh, Deku Tree, I remember him. Majora's Mask also had very memorable characters with Romani, and uh, the Skull Kid was a very interesting villain. The grandmother who made the time go faster, which was a strat you would have to use a lot. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, it, it, has, it, it has great and memorable characters, whereas Twilight Princess, I can think of Link, Zelda, Ganondorf, Zant, and Minda. And Minna. Who, full disclosure, I had a huge crush on human form Minna because she was super cute. But whatever. Isn't she like a child? No, that's no, that's, that's goblin sure, form yeah. Minna. Okay, I was gonna be, I was gonna be super confused. <laughs> no, 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 no. By the end of the game, she transforms into her human form, and she is hot. But let's move. Let's move from that. Let's move from that. When it comes down to it. I do like Twilight Princess a lot. We haven't talked about the good sides of it. And there are a lot of good sides of it. The story is the strongest, probably. 
Mm-hmm. But I think Wind Waker has more to offer because it has a great uh, art style. It has a great cast of characters. It has great bosses and moments. Mm-hmm. The final Ganondorf fight is amazing. It's a great fight. Because it's... you're, unlike other Zelda fights where you're fighting a big pig, you are sword fighting with Ganondorf in like this circular area surrounded by a circular waterfall. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, it's and it really feels awesome. epic. And you beat and you beat him by like jumping into the air and stabbing him in the head. Ooh, it is an awesome moment. Sounds sick. <laughs> and it, it, it's so cool. So, although I love Twilight Princess, I think Wind Waker brings more. Okay, yeah. And so I would argue that Wind Waker is the better of the two. I it also opens up. I mean, most Zelda games are very linear. And you could say that Twilight Princess especially. It's very linear. Very linear. And you can say the same for Wind Waker, but because it has such a wide Very world. big open world, you know, the great, the sea. The ocean, yeah. And you just... And you travel from it, island to yeah, island to it island. it takes time, and it feels like you're actually going somewhere, you know? Mm-hmm. And each island is really memorable, too. Mm-hmm. Like Dragon Roos Island, the Forsaken Fortress, mm-hmm. yeah. Windfall Island. It just feels like you're getting a lot more accomplished in the time you're putting in than it does for Twilight Princess. Yeah. I yeah. I really do like Twilight Princess. It makes this makes me sound like I don't like it, but Wind Waker is better. Which it, some people are gonna disagree with, but it definitely brings more. Alright, boys. It's time to start wrapping up and time to to pick one that is we think the best of the best. The one we think is better than all the ones that we've mentioned already. And so we're going to treat the voting a little different this time. Rather than me pick the four games that we choose from, I want us each to nominate a game. Mm -hmm. I want us each to pick one that we've discussed that we think has something about it that should win. And if someone before you lists a game that you would have picked, just pick something else that you also think is good. And at the end, we'll vote and see which one wins. Okay. Okay. I will go first. I am going to nom- uh, nominate, we just talked about it, and i remembering how much of a great game it is. I'm going to nominate Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. Okay. That game is so much fun. It's so charming. I remember so many moments from it. I remember so many characters. I love Zelda, and it's one of my favorite Zelda games. So I nominate uh, Wind Waker as one of the best. Nathan? Uh, I think I'm gonna nominate Luigi's Mansion. Uh, the original, it's, it was so much fun. I enjoyed playing that game so much. It brings back a lot of fond memories. You know, I... We didn't mention this, but I love the music of that, too. Yeah, the, that's, yeah. I mean... The music do, was... Do, let's do, be do, honest, Nintendo is always do, good with their do. music. Yeah. I think... Uh, when I, in my I, whenever I think of Luigi, I immediately think of Luigi's Mansion theme song. That's, mm-hmm. that's I've never I played one Luigi's Mansion. I think it was, it was with you guys on a road trip. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I think of Luigi, I think of da, 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 da. It's, like it's yeah, a great I, that's, song. That's all I think of. Um, but are you? Yeah, go ahead. So the game I'm going to nominate uh, is Double Dash, for one reason. So we're talking about the greatest game on the GameCube, right? Mm-hmm. So for, you know, the N64, it was because, you know, Super Mario 64, it was so inspirational. It was so good, and it pretty much 
paved the way for other games mm-hmm. just like that's it. that's something difficult about making a choice between the GameCube games because for the 64 I brought when the four games I brought helped revolutionize that genre or yeah. games in general whereas the GameCube although it started several franchises and it may have done a, some uh, revolutionary moves to some extent. Yeah. It didn't do the same amount the 64 did because the 64 was the first to do those things. Yeah. Like, you can only do, for example, 3D platformers for the first time. So, for the first time. This is why I am choosing Double Dash. Mario Kart Double Dash. Because it was the first one to, in, to and I think, to incorporate, incorporate, I guess, um, double item packs for Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. I believe so. Yes. Mm-hmm. Double kart riding. So you. It's the only Mario. Kart it is to have the only kart Mario Kart to do that. So not only is it revolutionary in the in its genre, but it started this fan base of, like, I think uh, it's probably the most loved and most missed Mario Kart of all time. I would agree. And that's why I'm choosing Double Dash, because it was so unique, yet innovative in what it did. Because it took a game that everyone was like, okay, this is a pretty good game, and made it so much better, and in my opinion, the Mario Kart franchise is yet to hit that again. Mm-hmm. Um, it definitely had that wow factor yes, that you exactly. had so many times for the 64 with the revolutionary yeah. games, but you didn't have that wow factor yeah. for Mario Kart 64. So. You were saying that like you can only be like the first once, right? Mm-hmm. So this is the very first kart, du- like dual kart racing Mario Kart, and it was the last one as far as like so far up to this point. Hope I desperately hope there is another one, but that's why I'm choosing it because it was so good and so just I don't know. Maybe it was the people that I played with that made it so much more fun. But even playing that by myself, I've played it by myself a couple times. It is still a blast, and I would I, I would take that over, uh, I think, Luigi's Mansion or Wind Waker almost any day. Good choice. William? I would definitely nominate Melee. Yeah. Super Smash Bros. Melee. It just has because to be in there. It was, it, it, it was It was that the, the peak. I would say I the rest of the games have followed through and they have done they've had certain degrees of success. I I would say like I I lo- I love the Smash Bros franchise. I think that there are certain areas where they've gotten a little redundant, yep. but as a whole, I still love the f- that franchise. But Melee was the like it Melee was one of those things it. where yeah. It, it was. It, it's just a, such a great game. Yeah, for sure. There's really no other way to describe it. It was so unique, but it was also. Well, I mean, it's not really unique. It's got an entire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was unique when it came out, and I think that's what makes it so popular. Was the fact that this was the first time where, like, for all of the characters, you had a B over and not just a B up and B that's down. That's true. And yep. just regular beat. You had to be. You had new abilities. You had it's new a small characters. thing, but it's an important thing. Yeah, it was a small thing, but when you think about it, that's a really big thing. Like to have something it that added is so that extra little variety, and it made yeah. a lot of move sets differently. Exactly, and I, I actually, I think it's a really good choice. Um, but but we gotta we gotta pick yeah. one of these four. I I'm not going first this time because I'm the host and I have to go last. That's law. 
Okay, well, let me, if you don't mind. Uh, so while I do appreciate, so I love Double Dash because, like, I have so many fond memories there. Uh, and I think it did, it was groundbreaking in a way. But at the same time, it also didn't, um, it didn't last, unfortunately. Like, while it is unique in a way, I also think that goes against it in a, in a certain, to a certain degree because it was a one and done and it didn't leave, it, it would, I would say, a lasting mark on what they have made in follow-up. Um, and then while I was the one that mentioned it, I love Melee. But at the same time, again, like, and without melee, you don't have the rest of them. But I think I would go with Wind Waker, because, and very heavily because of uh, the the more recent one that just came out, Breath of the Wild. Uh, Breath of the Wild. That the fact that you had this game lay the groundwork to make what had what was arguably one of the biggest games of its time. Um, and how well it's lasted, I, I, I would say... I mean, okay, I haven't played it, but I have seen some from it, and I, I, and I, I, I played Phantom Hourglass on the DS, which was essentially just like the, the, small, the small console version. It was version. the budget version. Yeah, <laughs> and I loved that. And I w- so I would say, I think I would go with Wind Waker, to be honest, just for the, uh, the like, like... The, how much fun it was at the time, the groundwork it laid, and the legacy that it has had as a result. So, I would agree with you that it has laid a lot of groundwork and it does have a great legacy. But the same could be said, I think, twofold for Double Dash. And I'm going True. with Double Dash personally. Okay. Because it is known as, in I, I think, the single greatest Mario Kart. It is so good. It is... I, I think it is the... Easiest Mario Kart you can just pick up with your friends and still have a blast, even if you suck at it. <laughs> like, <laughs> Which some of us do more than others. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, it, even though it didn't... if Even though it... So far, I'm desperately hoping this is not the case in the near future. Even though so far that it, w- like it is a one and done, it still has lit- made its mark on the Nintendo community as a whole. Like... I don't know of a single person who has played Nintendo, who is a fan of Nintendo games, who does not know of Double Dash or at least played it. Mm-hmm. Because it's so, I guess, influential. It's it's the same as Melee, actually. Because if you look at tournaments, they play Melee because it was good. If you look at just groups of guys having fun, if they have... I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if they have a, the availability... Get into uh, hypotheticals there, Hey, dude. I am here. <laughs> but... I think if you give the option to a group of people, you can play whichever console you want, whichever Mario Kart they, you want, they, they will go pick, with Double they Dash. They go with Double Dash because it's the most fun, it's the most unique, and it has laid the groundwork for, I mean, in my opinion, an unreachable standard that Nintendo has set for itself. And even though Mario Kart's have been good since, I think that Double Dash has been the best. All right. So we got one for Wind Waker. We got one for Double Dash. Yep. I can agree with Daniel's, with everything he said about Double Dash. It's by far, in my opinion, the best Mario Kart to ever be made. And it's the number one game I'm hoping Nintendo makes another game like yep. it. Yep. The, my two things are, I hope that 
Nintendo makes another Double Dash, and that they add Waluigi to uh, Smash Bros. <laughs> <laughs> Give You're it one up, of man. those. Give it up. It's never it's happening. Nice. Go ahead, Mason. But I don't think I can go with it. Just, I mean, he is right in everything he said. But to me, I, ugh, I don't know. It's so hard. It is for really me. Hard. It's between Wind Waker and Melee. Super Smash Bros. Melee is arguably the best Smash game to be made, and a lot of people say it is. And it's, I mean, it's still played today a lot. Mm. It's got yeah. a huge community. But Wind Waker is, for me, I would want to play Wind Waker more. That's valid. I like, That's a valid I like statement. That solo adventure feel. Yeah. And I do. I love playing Smash Bros. a lot. It's. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, it's. I mean. I. It's my number one game. I'd like to play with friends. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing. You want to play it yes. with friends. If if it, if it was Brawl, I'd probably still go with. <laughs> <laughs> but it had that solo story, and that's not what Melee has, mm-hmm. and that's the one reason why I couldn't go with it. It's a phenomenal game, the best, arguably the best Smash Bros. ever. But at, I mean, I'm a crazy Zelda fan, and for me, Wind Waker just it hit all the right spots. Yeah. And like you said, it's got well, Breath of the Wild has the Wind Waker feel, and Breath of the Wild is my favorite Zelda game. Mm. Yeah. And I would say Wind Waker is second or third for sure. Okay, so two Wind Waker, one Double Dash. It's up to me, I guess. Oh, come on. We know what you're going to choose. Uh, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like I said for the 64, the way I really judge these is what game would I tell someone who's never played any of these games before is worth playing. Yeah. And all four of them are. Yeah. All the four that oh, we yeah. mentioned. Yeah. For sure. That's the thing, though. Like, like Luigi's Mansion is one of my yeah, personal favorites. Yeah, I nominated favorites. Luigi's Mansion. I love that game. Just because I didn't say it doesn't mean I didn't. But Luigi's Mansion is one of my personal favorites. Melee is arguably, as we've said, the best Smash game. Yep. Uh, certainly the most played, especially in competitive circles. Yep. Double Dash is my favorite Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. It is. And I love I as much as you do, Daniel. I want a sequel. But I am a Zelda fan. I uh, see. That's it. I knew but it. But it's not just that. I knew it. <laughs> Breath of the Wild, as Nathan said, said, is Breath of the Wild, the newest Zelda. Yeah. Is my favorite game of all time. Yeah. And Wind Waker influenced it a lot. I think the two biggest games that influenced Breath of the Wild from the Zelda series are Ocarina of Time and Wind Waker. Ocarina of Time, the story, and Wind Waker, everything else. Yep. And so, for that reason, although I love... It's like comparing a 98 out of 100 to a 99 out of 100, and I don't know which one. Yeah. It is. But I think I have to go with Wind Waker. And so, Wind Waker is the best of the Nintendo GameCube. Thank you guys so much for joining me. This was so much fun. We don't have a lot of time left, but Daniel, would you like to plug anything? <laughs> yeah, so um, although I do not agree with uh, <laughs> their decision, 
I do agree with one thing. Wind Waker does look phenomenal. It does. And I think if I had played Wind Waker, I would have chosen it. But that's beside the point. Um, I, If you guys want to watch me on Twitch, I stream on Twitch. Uh, Twitch.tv slash R-E-V-1-T-A-L-I-Z-E. So it's revitalized, but the first I is spelled with a 1. Um, he's a cool guy. You check him out. I did it to be unique, but now I just kind of feel stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the rest of our, our lives. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank but, you guys. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. You should check Daniel out. Revitalize on Twitch. He's a cool dude. Sometimes he plays with William, another cool dude. Thank you for listening. Join us next time. So long. Thanks, guys. There were many great options, but in the end, The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker rose above the rest. But who else will join it upon the podium? That's what we plan to answer next time, in the next episode of In This Corner.